But Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for What's Going On, where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Find the big opinions, the newsmakers, the news. Anything else? PK singing sometimes. <laughs> Hans talking about food. Uh, just enormous entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you ready to get started, Gordon? Yeah. Jason Whitlock was on with DJ and PK this morning, and Jason Whitlock has recently left... Fox Sports 1, and uh, now works for OutKick, which is uh, Clay Travis's website. Uh, they've rebranded OutKick the coverage to just simply OutKick, and he's a columnist for them now. Join DJ and PK, and here's a couple minutes of that conversation. I'm wondering, I'm all for this type of social awareness that's being raised, but I'm wondering how much good is it going to do, you know, the Black Lives Matter painted on the court, the messages on the back of their jerseys, how much is good is it going to do at the ground level to help people? I don't see it helping. I'm someone that's not a fan of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think that uh, it's a front. I think it's a political organization. I don't think its true concern is about the life of black people. Uh, Look, there are hundreds of black people getting shot every weekend across America. I think I just read a CNN article that five children under the age of 11 were killed across this country, black children across this country, just this weekend. No one cares. No one speaks out. Listen, I had a cousin killed by police violence in 2012 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, The issue that they allege to be concerned about is one that hits home for me. But I don't think that's the pandemic plaguing young black men. I I think the data, the facts, the reality is crystal clear that there's an enormous amount of gun violence in poor inner city black communities. Uh, I grew up in one. A lot of my family grew up in one. Uh, We did not spend a, a lot of time worried about, oh my God, are the police going to shoot us? We worried about the young men in the neighborhood that were involved in gang violence. That's what the real killer is and the real issue. And there appears to be no focus or energy on that. The, the stats, the reality is that you're just as likely to be killed by a bolt of lightning as you are by the police. That, that's just a fact. That's not me choosing a side. That's just me stating a fact. And so I just think a lot of this is misguided. I think a lot of it is political. It's a tool used by 
apparently the Democratic Party to rally support for them politically, and that's why these things bubble up so much uh, in a presidential election cycle. And then if you just go look at the people who founded Black Lives Matter, they've been trained in Marxism. It certainly has a communist, socialist influence to it. And, you know, for me, someone that grew up a Christian, someone who uh, identifies as a Christian, if you understand communism, if you understand Marxism, it's an anti-religious political movement. And so I'm just not comfortable with Black Lives Matter. I I think that LeBron James and a lot of the athletes, uh, particularly the Nike athletes, use Black Lives Matter as a tool to promote Nike's agenda. Nike is heavily dependent upon China and, you know, cheap labor in Asia. And China and communist-run countries love this sort of smear of America as the most racist place on earth. And it's just not, that's not supported by the facts. America is a worldwide leader when it comes to dealing with the issue of race. Obviously, we're not perfect. Uh, No one is. But if you compare us to the rest of the world, we're doing better than everybody else. Jason Whitlock from OutKick and uh, Gordon, he's written for a number of different papers, but I believe the Kansas City Star is probably what he's most uh, notable for. And then uh, he was with ESPN and Fox Sports 1 and kind of went back and forth with them and now with uh, OutKick. Your thoughts on his opinion this morning with David and Pat? Well, based on what I know about him, and I don't know all that much about him, but I'm certainly aware of him, what he just said there sort of surprised me a little bit, you know. Uh, Why is that? I did not know that he felt that way, Um, uh, that he, you know, was tying the political emphasis push with uh, the Black Lives Matter. Now, I've heard that before, that uh, some people don't necessarily like the organization, but they like the concept of it. And maybe that's what he was getting at. But I think Jason Whitlock is a man people should listen to. Yeah, well, he's a great writer. And he he is no uh, he does not fear controversy and mm-hmm. and uh, I thought the whole interview actually with David and Pat was very good today. I would encourage you to go to twelve eighty thezone dot com and give it a listen. And I'm not necessarily uh, you know a hundred percent in lockstep with Jason's opinions, but you know it's a well thought out perspective. And I think that's what what he was getting at is the organization. Black Lives Matter, as opposed to he used the word movement, but there, I think there's some clarification there because the organization does have some pretty extreme. It has a very extreme platform, and uh, you know a lot of folks don't necessarily make that difference. And I think it's important that that difference be at least acknowledged. So, what do you think? If if and this is a heavy question, but if what he said is true, that the violence within the inner city among among young black men is a real problem how does that get solved jake do we need to pour some money into programs to educate excuse me education to help people uh advance their opportunities economically uh so that so that this kind of despair uh doesn't uh push people in these directions um, that could be part of a solution. Sure. I mean, how extreme do you really want to get? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, what's what's the um, what's the basic motivation for a lot of the violence in the inner city? A lot of it. Well, I mean, this is not an educated uh, guess, but I would think it's uh, 
It's ec- poor economic conditions. Right, right, right. But, I mean, we can talk about drugs, right? I mean, a lot of violence centers around drugs, the drug trade. So maybe we rethink how we look at that. A lot of the, the police interaction invol- uh, revolves around drug trade, right? Hmm. Jason said that you're more likely to be struck by lightning if you're a young black person uh, than to be killed by the police. Is that what I heard him say? Mm hmm. Well, he cited a Washington Post report, and I guess they're tracking this statistic, which is uh, oddly not really been tracked all that well over the years. But uh, the Washington Post, uh, what do you say, in the last year, nine uh, unarmed black people were killed by police. I believe that's the st- uh, stat he was citing. Hmm. Well, this country has some problems that it needs to find answers to. And uh, if if that is the case, if we have that kind of violence, and it seems, I don't know what the specific numbers are, but there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way to approach that problem and uh, look for, for better answers. By the way, that's not an accurate statement by Jason Whitlock. Because the odds of being hit by lightning are 1 in 7,000. And the odds as of August last year of a black man in America dying at the hands of police was 1 in 100,000. So he's off by 600,000. That's not an accurate statement by Mr. Whitlock. I'm I'm sorry, it's 1 in 1,000. I was going to say 100,000. Not 100,000. So he's way off. That's not even close to accurate. Well, regardless, I mean, that, that was his opinion. So, uh, well, but you said he was citing a, a the Washington Post, mm-hmm. and they said that that it's you're more likely to be hit by lightning. No, they said the nine. There was nine. Oh, in a calendar year, there were nine. I see. They un- had unarmed black people who were shot and killed. They had a bookend, start and end of that right. figure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there you go, Jason Whitlock. You can listen to that whole interview twelve eighty thezone dot com. With DJ and PK. Hey, uh, Jake, why don't we just solve the, uh, the all the country's problems right here, right now, in the next couple of minutes? I don't think that's possible, Gordon. That's why yeah. sometimes it's a little uncomfortable delving into these sorts of things. But Quitters. <laughs> you got something better to do? Well, it's better than Jake and I yelling at each other, <laughs> me taking one extreme view and him taking the other extreme view and getting nothing done. I don't know. Right? I kind of have fun when we do that. That's at 450. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of think those are our most. Uh, well, we're not in moments. charge of we're not in charge of fixing the government, but in the country. Didn't you threat to run for office the other day? I, I just <laughs> he said threatened. He said maybe I should run for. Or no, he said should I run for office? That's what he said. And you've yeah. turned it into him threatening <laughs> to run. For <laughs> if you're not good, I'll run for office. <laughs> Get your stuff together around here. Then you'll be sorry. I'm way too moderate to get elected around these parts. In what sense? Because I'm all in favor of a moderate approach to uh, to things. And uh, it seems like, like I said, uh, people around here and a lot of places like to line up in the extreme margins. That's not a moderate take. And I think, isn't your district represented by a Democrat? In uh, the state house? Wait, you don't know? No, I don't. 
<laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, Hanson Scotty. Uh, this this is, this was a great interview by those guys because I think this perspective, uh, you know, talking about uh, life without college football, Gordon, and and finances, and you know what's at stake. Well, let's look at someone like the Big Sky. And Hanson Scotty had their commissioner on Tom Wits Witstrill. Am I saying that right? Wistershrill. Wistershrill, uh, who was on and talked about the likelihood of college football this fall this fall in the Big Sky. As the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, do you believe that it is financially possible for you to play out an entire season without a single fan in the stands? Um, You know, financially, yes, we can make it work. Uh, It's very difficult uh, for some of our schools who rely heavily on that ticket revenue. Um, I guess the the way I think about it in terms of putting it from our president's standpoint is, you know, are they going to allow students to come back to campus? And if the answer to that is no, well, then we won't be playing college football. If they'll allow some students to come back to campus and some fans in the stands, then I think we can play college football. Um, But financially, it is a huge hit to our schools if we can't sell tickets. And so then we have to consider, you know, what are other alternatives? You know, there, there comes kind of that point in time that seems to now to be kind of heading towards around that 1st of August, which is around the time frame when all of the college football teams would be reporting uh, to campus. That, that that's the decision time of can we go ahead with regularly scheduled fall football? And if the answer to that is no, then, then it becomes do we move it? Do we start in October? Do we, do we push it back to the spring? And then that opens up a whole other can of worms about moving it to spring. But, you know, if, if, if the trend continues and it's, and it's the first week in August and it's still trending negatively, then we really have to make some really hard decisions about playing fall football at all. Hmm. Can, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much time you've even looked at it or considered it, but let's talk about those two options you've, you've thrown out there. I imagine the October uh, and October start times, certainly a lot more doable than spring, but can you make a spring season work in football? Well, it would be very difficult. Now, at the FCS level, which we're at, um, you know, we play, you know, FCS football. We go into a tournament. We play for an FCS championship. And so, you know, we'll have to obviously work with the NCA in coordination with this because if, if, they, if, if we're stopping football for the fall and we're supposed to play an FCS championship in, December, I mean, in early January in Texas, can we move that to April or May? There might not even be that option. So then there's a question of do we play football without at the FCS level without a tournament? Um, and then you move to the FBS level and they have the bowls as well as the college football playoff. And what would happen there? Could you move all of those events? I have a hard time believing that all of the things I just mentioned could be coordinated into a spring. I don't think you just cut and paste, you know, August yeah. through December into January through May. I mean, it just doesn't, it, there's too many logistics there for me to make it work. But I saying that, could we have a football game in April in our conference where Weber State's playing Southern Utah? Sure we could. You know, now, at the end, what are they playing for? I don't know. Could Utah be playing UCLA on a, on a Saturday in April? Yeah, they could. Um, so you could play games, but then it's back to what are we playing for and what type of a schedule could we put together? Um, you know, so there's so many other complicating factors that go into it because it's easy to say, well, let's just move it to spring. And that sounds good until you start to think about what are we playing for 
And will student athletes, you know, this is another issue we'd have to consider as well. In a shortened season, would student athletes want to say, yeah, I'll play, you know, seven or eight games with the with no bowl game or no playoff at our level? Or will they say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to redshirt this year because I want a full season next year. And what could be the implications of that at every program across the country? All right, there you go. That's the Big Sky Commissioner talking with Hanson Scotty. You know, he brought up a point that I don't think has gotten quite enough emphasis, and that is, uh, what are they playing for? You know, I mean, if uh, are you playing a game just to play a game, or is there is there some sort of end reward for what you're playing for? And and that's that's something for schools to think about. Yeah, this thing is going to be complicated. You know, we. Um Gordon, we thought about the whole conference only issue as a pure like calendar scheduling mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. And I don't know if we really viewed it as a just a, a let me put it this way. The testing protocol is one thing that they have to be considering. It's not going to be an NCAA wide testing protocol. They're going to have to do it probably by conference. So then you think about this big sky is is a Pac-12 team going to be comfortable playing against a Big Sky team and vice versa, considering they're going to, going to be having different standards and different operational procedures? Well, it's got to be lined up. I mean, if, I, if I'm a member of a conference and I'm going to go play a team that is outside my conference, they better have the same protocol for, for my game as uh, as we would inside our conference, or else uh, I'm not going to subject my my athletes to that exactly which is easy to say logically right that, that makes mm-hmm. a ton of sense except for it it uh a, a universal standard ain't gonna happen well it so, has to amongst opponents I, I don't know how else you can do it but that's because, what that's the point but, that's why you can only do it within conferences because you're not going to get those agreements well, back yeah, and forth you, like that it's yeah, not yeah, gonna happen might. You might if 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 some independent out there or some team from a different conference is going to play a certain team and it's worth it for them to play that team, then maybe they would comply for that particular week uh, to the same protocol that the teams within the other team's conference does. Okay, so what do. would motivate then? Uh, uh, well, let me put it this way: so let's say a P five team has Weber State scheduled. And uh-huh. they're not going to be able to operate at capacity, right? So they're not going to be able to have a sellout. So that means paying Weber State to come in, hmm, all of a sudden looks like a pretty losing proposition. So all of a sudden you can use a pandemic as an excuse to not play that game. Well, let's get let's back this whole thing up. Why do those types of teams play uh, a Big Sky team in the first place? Uh, to get a payday and a warm-up game. Uh, I'm talking about the the the, the uh, Power Five team. Yeah, I'm with you. They get a payday. They get a sellout, or they get a they you know they get the college football fans that don't care about the opponent that are going to go anyway. I mean, how many okay, games that in a row? Me has... off because obviously the smaller team is getting a pay a payday. Right, right, right. Um, but the the bigger team's making money on it too because they get their cake and eat it too. They get to make money off the game, and at the same time have a lesser opponent that puts them in a more advantageous position. Mm-hmm. And since the, well, that, the that, te- last, that last part will still be true uh, if there is something to play. Except for, for they're going to go from a, a net positive to a net negative. Where all of a sudden paying the payout to Weber State isn't worth it because you've got no ticket revenue. Yeah. 
<laughs> so why yeah. what what would be a P five motivation to to play against a big sky team? There's none. Why not just get rid of all non-conference, play where you don't have to worry about the standards of the other teams, and just play your your own people? Well, it depends. If you're going to play a full season, then you get another W. Uh, okay. If that means, if that but means but we're 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 likely not going to see a college football playoff. So what does another another W do for you? Yeah. Well, that gets back to what the commissioner was saying. That what are you playing for? Right. Well, in the case of the Big Sky, you're playing for the gate. And if you're not getting any gate, what's the point? I have uh, I've grown uh, increasingly more skeptical. Uh, maybe they'll find a way to make this work, but I, I, I just don't know. I know that there are certain programs that will be extremely motivated to say, "Hey, look, we got a thousand students coming to class, and so now, now we can go ahead and do this." Um, and if that's the case, then then it's kind of a ruse. But uh, I, 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 this is getting extremely complicated, and it seems as though there's still time to get some of this stuff worked out. But I, we haven't even gotten to the second wave that are, that uh, some of the experts have predicted. So I, I just, I don't know, Jake. I, I think it's going to be a mess. Um, well, it's already a mess. I mean, let's be fair. <laughs> because... I know, but there's still a hope out there that somehow it'll get put together. But I, I, I don't know. If I were a betting man, I'm not sure that's the way I would bet right now. But So the way we've looked at the NBA, Gordon, I think is the way college football is going to have to look at itself. I mean, what can the NBA pull off? What can they do? Mm-hmm. And is that good enough? And that's up to somebody else's judgment. What, what college football, what they can do is maybe pull off a conference season. Maybe that will satisfy the needs for safety. I don't know, because what, what the needs are, Gordon, are going to be really different in the SEC than they are in the Pac-12 for a variety of reasons, which we've talked about quite a bit. So how do you have an SEC team play a Pac-12 team? I just don't think you can. But you can have a Pac-12 team play against another Pac-12 team, possibly, possibly, because you have the same standards when it comes to safety. But why wouldn't the Pac-12 and the SEC have the same standard? Because the NCAA doesn't have the authority to create or enforce such a policy over college But isn't football. that something they could get together and say, hey, let's standardize this? I doubt it. No. <laughs> because what the SEC wants, okay, so what the NCAA comes up with likely will never please the SEC. They're going to say, we're the SEC, we'll do what we want, and will likely uh, never be good enough for the Pac-12. Well... Yeah, but it's, come on, is that really that difficult? Yes. If you have if you have the best interests of the student athletes in mind to begin with, then why, why if if one league says okay, this is what we want to do, and we're going to have uh, a team from our league play uh, a team from your league, which is going to probably be a pretty big matchup, which means it's going to bring big TV dollars. Wouldn't it be worth it to align that? Uh, I don't think you're going to get everybody to align that because what's in the best interest of the student athlete in the university is not the same depending on who you talk to. Your standard is different from Austin's, let alone uh, the SEC standard being the same as Pac-12. And I'm, I'm, I'm just saying a point. I'm not saying your standard or Austin's being extreme one way or another, but we're all viewing this thing differently, let alone having some national 
um, uh, across intercollegiate athletics when we're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of programs on having something as consistent. Let me let me just put it this simply for you: what what Weber State and the Big Sky can actually afford when it comes to safety precautions, and what the SEC can afford, totally different. So, how do if the SEC, let's say, they're requiring their schools to pay ten million dollars to keep its student athletes safe from the coronavirus? Well, there's no way the Big Sky could ever do that. Well, right. Never. I mean, if you're if you're comparing the Big Sky to to a Power Five conference now, but that's the point. How got, do you have a universal got, standard? Got a huge discrepancy. But I'm talking about if you have two power leagues that are at least in the same ballpark. So now we're forgetting the about Fed. the Mountain West Conference and BYU. Well, it might be. I don't know. Well, BYU has the money to do what needs to be done in order to play their games. I think. But if you if, have a P five national standard, that's not going to include BYU. I know, but they can live by the same standard. Who are they going to play? What do you mean? Who are they going to play? They will play all the teams on their schedule. So if you're if you're saying you're you've only got a a, a standard across Power Five, that means only P five leagues can play each other, or someone who's willing to live by that same standard. So, but at that point, you'd have to pretty much well, okay. All right, I th- I think this is so much more complex. Uh, that we, well, it's we just haven't impossible even thrown to, in. To pull we, haven't, off. we haven't we haven't even thrown in the local governments and and what the, what the, what the requirements are going to be there. Yes, let's throw that in. So, how would you have a national <laughs> uh, blanket standard for all of these, uh, both private and public universities? Impossible, impossible. But you know what is possible? You could get a shared standard in a conference. You could. Uh, I think that's that's subject to the same difficulty that we just talked on about. On a much smaller state, scale. State to state. On a much smaller scale. I mean, scale. California might have a whole different thing than the state of Washington. Well, they most certainly. the state of Utah. But they're most certainly different than the state of Georgia. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to be that much different. I, I, I don't know. I I mean, I guess if you want to look for problems, you can look for problems. But uh, if you get uh, the, the the powers that be together and they they say, look, we don't know what the local government is saying, but at least we can agree on what the best way to keep our students, our student athletes healthy. And, and we have an interconference game and our team is going to play your team. What's your standard going to be? And let's see if we can align these two standards. So that the game can be played, and we can both make some money off the TV receipts. How many? Uh, how many one A college football programs are there, Gordon? One hundred and thirty-two. Does that sound right? Maybe something like that. Something in those. I think it would be a lot easier to get twelve universities on the same page as opposed to one hundred and thirty-two. Well, and we're talking about and if we're ta- talking about if you're talking about a Mountain West team that that may or may not be all that motivated to play uh, teams from Power Five conferences, okay, you know, you got to make that decision for yourself. But if you're a, a, a team like BYU, for instance, or Army or whoever, uh, then they have to make the decision: Are we going to live by the standard of the teams that we play? Because that's what would be the concern. And and if you can do that, if you can afford to do that, then you're then if the local governments work out, then then you're you're set to go. What if what if one football program, Gordon, feels like the definition of keeping their players safe is eliminating altogether doubles ping pong? 
saving the lives by eliminating doubles ping pong. Yet the other university, they feel that the appropriate standard is uh, as long as you don't have a fever, you're good to go. Well, I was thinking. So more how do you just, how do you bring uh, that, that, one to the other? It's impossible. Because, well, impossible. All, that's a dumb scenario. Come on. What you would be looking at more would be who is how often are you testing? And okay. that's something and that you could you could align We're playing ping pong. So what if on. one university is we test every half hour, and the next universities is we don't test at all? They're not gonna. Then you can't play. But exactly. If, exactly. If, if, yeah, but if BYU wants to play Power Five teams, then they go around and say, "Okay, what's your league standard going to be? We're going to live by that same standard." What if it's then, not good enough for BYU? Well, then okay, then they can, they can cancel. But that's what I'm saying. You can work these things through so that if you do match that, and you can afford to match that, especially as it pertains to testing, then I think that's the key. So now you've got BYU who who has all this motivation to salvage a game, and yet the opponent's standards aren't quite good enough. Now you have to recklessly cast your players into an unsafe environment. Come on, yeah, come See, on. I I, come I don't on. know that. Well, that, well, they have to make that decision for themselves. But I would, I, I guess, my jumping off point and the foundational level on this whole thing is that you would think that people who are organizing these things would have. Uh, the student athlete's best interest in mind at some level. For instance, SC is supposed to play Alabama, right? And they're supposed to play in where? Fort Worth? Is that Jerry's world? Jerry's mm-hmm. place down there? Uh, so can't can't the Pac-12? And that game's worth a lot of money, a lot of TV dollars. So you just say, okay, what what are you doing this is what we're doing. So if we match those things up, then this game and other games like it can be preserved. Yeah, in the is that, acre is that really itself? that difficult? Yes, because no one's is. going to be talking about playing ping pong. Yes, it is that difficult because Alabama standards and USC standards are not going to be the same, and you have you have millions of dollars on the line. So who caves? Yeah, I don't know. Who caves? If they, if they don't come to an agreement, then obviously they can't play. And that's two schools, let alone getting 130 on the same page. All right, we can. Well, I'm we not saying that. Later. I don't think. I don't think they're all going to get on the same page. They're not. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But th- I think the driving force through this whole thing is the money. And if your program generates enough money under normal circumstances, and you've got the resources to test at the level that needs to be tested at then you can go forward with it. And that's why a conference like the SEC, you would think that those teams would have the resources to test enough so that the standard would be high enough for whatever the Pac-12 wants to do. All right. So for the 10% of schools that can afford to meet that standard, then have no, a great football season. No, it's more than that. How many, how many Power 5 schools are there? How All right. many w- wealthy wealthy schools are there that are outside the pack gordon we're 10 minutes over and austin is threatening our lives so we uh we can come back to this discussion uh a a little bit later on in the show let's hit a basketball uh back to basketball update basketball is back the zone sports network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the utah jazz in the nba this is a back to basketball update oh he never looked at the net presented by zion's bank on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network the jazz scheduled uh to leave for the orlando bubble coming up tomorrow rudy gobert had a media availability over the weekend he talked about his 
happiness with this franchise? So first of all, I'm really happy in Utah. I love living here. I want to win, to be honest, as long as I feel like we can win and we have a group win the, the things we've been building over the years. It's something that you don't see anywhere else. And that's something I take a lot of pride in. Yes, it's not perfect. Yes, a lot of things happen. I still don't take nothing for granted. It's a great situation for me individually, for my family. It's something that in the future can still be great for, for myself. So no, I don't plan on leaving right now. I plan on winning a championship with Utah. And of course, you know, things evolve, things change. But as of today, you know, I don't even think about the extension or the money. I just think about being healthy first, mentally, physically, and uh, and just go out there and uh, try to win. Like Kim gave better, you know, as a person, as a, as a basketball player. One more quick note from the NBA. The Bucks and Kings have shut down their practice facilities. They did that yesterday after receiving the results of a recent round of testing for the coronavirus. They're just going to shut down the facility till the team makes a move to uh, teams make a move to Orlando. They join other teams who've done the same: uh, the Nuggets, the Heat, the Clippers, and uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, that is another Zions Bank bas- back to basketball update for a bank that understands your business. Zions Bank is for you. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for your, uh, making us part of your day. Some quick, uh, some further details coming out <clears throat> about Patrick Mahomes' 10 year deal, Gordon. According to Adam Schefter, says uh, compensation update Patrick Mahomes' 10 year extension is worth $450 million, according to sources. The injury guarantee is $140 million per source. Uh, he adds the contract does not contain language that ties its value to a percentage of the salary cap, richest deal in sports history. How much was the richest baseball deal? Uh, not sure. Austin, do you know that, Mr. Baseball? Uh, did anyone Trout, ever eclipse? It? Oh, it is. might be it's Mike Trout. Trout now, but Josh Hamilton at one point. No, I think it's did, now it's Trout. Didn't Trout get about $450 million? Yeah, I, I thought he know. got five hundred something. Oh Dude. no, you're right. Uh, four four twenty six point five for Trout. Oh. But all okay. of that's guaranteed for him. I don't I don't know what the difference is between guarantee, guaranteed money and an injury guarantee. But fourteen yeah, million, one hundred forty million, actually isn't that great if that's all he's getting guaranteed. That's not enough to get injured on purpose to just cash in well it is but but that aside no not when you've given up 300 almost 400 million more correct can you guys think of an athlete that you would that you would open the the brinks truck up for more than patrick mahomes i can't think of one ray felton no i i said the spencer truck, felton not, not the buffet or felton spencer not, not the, the buffet, buffet truck Easy. Hey, boy. I thought you weren't doing yeah. fat jokes anymore. Yeah. Two o'clock hour. Uh, I, I apologize. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan in the world, but he's worth every penny you can give to him. Patrick Mahomes certainly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but we're talking about the, the uh, ten year deal. You're not going to give that to LeBron now. Uh, you could. I mean, that's essentially what Nike did. They gave him a lifetime deal. Uh, you can't pay LeBron enough. You just can't. 
I mean, he, uh, he affects just, the, the just, economic yeah, status I, of the whole market that he's in. My question was, uh, it required a younger athlete. Why? Just because of the 10-year thing? You're so hung yeah. up on the, the length. I uh, can't think of one. Why not the Greek freak? What do you mean you can't think of one? How old is the Greek freak? Mike Trout? You can't give Mike Trout enough money. Yeah, that's well, that's true. But uh, I'm okay. They should give so Mike Trout the franchise. I mean, that guy it's a, is worth. It's a, very, it's a very small number. That guy is worth billions. I, I would say, yeah. I mean, in across all sports, how many are, are really uh, impossible to gauge their worth? Is there another one in football? Tom Brady was that at one point, but is he that anymore? For for Mahomes, it's going to. I think this whole thing is going to accelerate over time. You know, I mean, he. And it depends on how his team performs, and that's the tricky part to the whole thing is putting the pieces together so that because Patrick Mahomes, he's already uh, made himself what he is, but in order to for his his uh, you know legacy to grow to these gargantuan. Uh, sizes he he's going to have to uh, he, he's going to have to win more championships well we'll see i mean they're not going to pay anybody else on that team much so which brings up another question which would you rather have championships or the big pot of dough if you couldn't win because you were hogging all the money would you hog all the money Oh, give me $450 million. Are you kidding? That's not even a question. Okay, but how about $300 million and spend the rest of it on the rest of the guys who are up front protecting me or catching my passes? Well, that's what Tom Brady did, so that's one way to go. I don't yeah, think somebody's I, required to do that. I know. I'm not saying they're required. I'm, it's, a, it's, a, it's a philosophical question. That's why I asked you what you would rather have. I'd rather have less money and win games. Because losing sucks, and I think a lot of those guys are a hundred million dollars sucks. Come on, come on, stop it, Jake. If you're make, if you've got, if you've got uh, three hundred million dollars, is your life really going to improve that much more having four hundred million? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. To the point where you would want to get your head beat in by, because you don't have an offensive line in front of you because you're not paying anybody because you're hogging all the money. You're making almost half a billion dollars. You would <laughs> sacrifice a hundred million dollars. You're crazy. Why, why don't all these billionaires just stop once they get to, uh, what, a hundred million dollars? You know what? That's enough. Because they're not operating under salary cap restrictions. So then it's Patrick Mahomes' responsibility to... Take less money out of some nobility? Come on. No, not out of nobility. It's because he wants to put W's every week up on the board. He doesn't want to get his head kicked in and lose another game. Jake, come on. You can't dismiss that just like that. You just dismissed $100 million. Yeah, but he's got $300 million. You dismissed. You can't He's dismiss. Gotta, I mean, do you want to build a career? A game? Do you want to build a career out of a bunch of losses every year? With for half a billion dollars? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. No, he's, uh, Jake, uh, Joe Flacco right. lost a lot of games in Baltimore, but you know what? He made an awful lot of money. He didn't make three hundred million. No, but at the time he was the highest paid quarterback. At the time he was in the same position as Patrick Mahomes. Not anymore. So. 
So what? His generation really of that, is really that difficult? Okay. Is it really that Stop. difficult for you to understand the the argument that I'm building here? Yes. <laughs> that you would okay. So <laughs> let's say that okay, you're going to get four hundred million, but you're going to win four games every year, or you can make three hundred million and contend for championships every year. You're just going to dismiss that out of hand. You just say that's it. I don't care. I'm getting the extra hundred million for a hundred million dollars. Yes, but yes, a thousand how times. Much, yes, and if you say no, I'm going to have your head examined. A hundred million is not that much to a guy who's got three hundred million. He says easy to say for a guy that's already got a hundred million in the bank. You, you still got to go to work. You got to go to work every day. You got to get these guys are competitors. They don't want to lose dollars. every week. A hundred million dollars, Gordon. A hundred million dollars. Jake, if I gave you three hundred million dollars, you couldn't spend it all. Unless you bought a yacht. <laughs> I would want more. Because <laughs> it's a hundred million dollars. You are you are insane. I we need to get you in for psych- psychiatric care. Do you know what it's like to be an NFL quarterback and win four games every year? Don't for the care. Next twelve years, would not care in the slightest. Yes, you would no, care because you're would putting not. your Jake Gordon. Uh, I have talked to so many athletes through the years, and they they hate losing. It sucks. A hundred million dollars hate. And if you're winning four games every single year for the next twelve years, that would absolutely. And they pour their heart and soul in this stuff. They're working their tails off, and it just seems like. That would be extremely frustrating to win four games a year. Mountain America Market Update coming up next, 97.5-1280. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another Mountain America Market Update. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our good friend Chad Wadubs. Chad, what's happening? Doing great. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Doing terrific. How did the markets pick up after the holiday weekend? Well, it was a good day to be invested, I'll tell you. The the Dow was up over 400 points. The S&P was up over 50. Both of those are over 1.5%, so a good day to be invested. Uh, they were led today, the market was led today by some of the bigger tech stocks, so Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet. All of those individually were up over 2%. And then the other big thing driving the market today was Chinese stocks fared really, really well. They were over, up over 5% as they are trying to continue to open up. They're kind of ahead of us in terms of dealing with the coronavirus issues. They're opening up well, and in a globally connected market, what, they, what works for them sometimes trickles over to us. So that was a positive, positive sign today. So are you uh, bullish about the future? Yeah, I think I am. You know, there's a lot of good things happening. Um, it's still important that we stick to our plans and save 
where we can. Uh, I was going to talk a little bit about free throws today. It's kind of a fun thing to talk about. I, I, I used to think I was a pretty good free throw shooter, but nothing like some of the best of all time, like Ray Allen, Steph Curry. When these guys step up to the free throw line, we, we say it's automatic. That's a term that we hear. Right? It's just automatic. And if you think about that, it's, it's like clockwork because they just do it over and over and over again. And to the point where we're surprised when they miss, it doesn't happen very often, but when they miss, we're like, oh, that's odd. Steph Curry's missed a free throw. And, you know, our retirement savings or any other savings that we're trying to make for a future purchase even can be the same way. Just make them automatic. So my, my tip for the day is use direct deposit if you have that available to you. If you don't, use some kind of an automatic transfer. Just make your savings as automatic as a like a Ray Allen free throw, and it'll absolutely pay off in the end. These guys don't miss often. They do miss occasionally, though, 90% or so. And so if we have a few times that we can't make that contribution or can't make that savings, it's all right. Don't let that derail your plan. Get back to 90% and just continue to save. And if we do that, I think we can all be optimistic about the future. The markets continue to improve, and if we make them automatic and just let them ride a little bit, in the future our retirements can be successful. Chad, always good to hear from you. Thank you very much. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good afternoon. Back at you. That's our friend Chad Waddups from Mountain America Investment Services. And that is another Mountain America Market Update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, Gordo, we're going to talk to our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. Your daily assist is next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.